welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. All right, Scott Cooney on location in Italy in the Dolomites, sitting with Lawrence Kuykendall, marketing director, chief marketing officer. Marketing director, you know, General Dog's Body, you know, the guy who sweeps at the end of the night. Yeah. For Energica Motor Company, Inc., which is the U.S. subsidiary for Energica Motor Company, SBA. Wonderful. You are the head of marketing, and today in our presentation, you talked about how little marketing you actually do. Yes. Um, and that you've been a salesperson for primarily for a long time. For the last uh, couple of years, right. Because of the increasing demand for electric motorcycles and the backlog of orders and that sort of thing. Right. You want to dive a little bit into that in terms of supply chain and uh, issues you guys have faced there, getting these electric motorcycles to market, expanding to new markets, especially to the United States and to California, which I know makes up a big big chunk of what you do. So anything you want to provide with regard to that perspective and where you see energy going in the next year? So, you know, we have, you sort of divide it to pre-COVID and post-COVID and, or rather COVID and then post-COVID. So we had the same dislocations as every company did. We had to close for uh, several months. We're located in northern Italy, and they were unfortunately one of the first countries in Europe to be hit by the whole epidemic. And, you know, many of uh, Italian manufacturing companies closed temporarily and then in Europe generally. So for us, I guess the challenge has been very similar to other manufacturers. All electric vehicles use microprocessors to a greater degree. For us, it was more a matter of the supply chain for, you know, say carbon fiber fairings for the Ego because the Ego sport bike uses a completely carbon fiber fairing. So that carbon fiber manufacturer, after six months into COVID, went out of business. So we had to get the forms for the fairing back again, find another manufacturer who turned out to be even better. But these things all cause a delay. So we had customers who put deposits down and waited for months to get a bike. All of this exacerbated by the whole, you know, shipping crisis where something that normally took 35 days door to door from Genoa to our base in Northern California now was taking 90 days and then 100 days and 120 days. On the other hand, our travails are very, very similar to what everybody else is suffering. So I don't think we can make any special complaint or a special pleading. The nice thing has been that the, I think the demand, especially since the 21.5 kilowatt battery came out, grew to the extent that people have been really great about being willing to wait. When we've had unexpected delays and we contact people and we know every single customer, we've talked to every single customer on the phone, people have been really, really patient. And the remarkable thing to me is how few people in the end decide to cancel their reservation out of disappointment because maybe the bike didn't come, you know, in the middle of the riding season but came in the fall, mm. you know, when the riding season was diminishing if you lived in New Hampshire or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the remarkable thing to me is not really the difficulties that we face, like everybody else, but the fact that people have been remarkably tolerant and understanding. And, you know, motorcycles are 
you know, they're a discretionary purchase and they're a seasonal purchase. And are they? you get really are, impatient. Are they really? You live in Hawaii. Are they? What the hell would you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, that's been the experience. My experience has been the extraordinary loyalty of customers and their patience. And they're impatient, but they're still patient. You, you actually call every customer that expresses oh, yeah. an interest through your yeah. website. And well, that's when you are no longer a marketing guy and you're a sales guy. Right, right, right. So right. let's put it this way. You, you're not running marketing. Yeah. Your product is in demand. Most people are finding you through the website. Some people just call you. A lot of people, it's word of mouth. So you end up calling everybody and then you send them a personal email with a whole bunch of attachments. You know, bike guys, especially electric bike guys, are kind of geeky about this stuff. And you just end up making friends. It's kind of odd. I've got some people who haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I've known them for two years. And they'll call you up and they'll talk your ears out for 45 minutes. And it's okay because you're talking bikes. Yeah. And, you know. And guys like talking bikes. So. Well, we like talking bikes too. Yeah. You know, I don't know as we grow whether that type of model is fully sustainable. Mm. Uh, do you That's the only thing. Do you want to dive? Oh, you mean in, in terms of talking to every customer? Well, in terms of talking to every customer and spending as much time as you'd like to. Uh, sure. So sure. from a business perspective, we'll start working with Salesforce. Sure. We'll probably try to automate some of that. Sure. But the most important thing we did was hire a sales director who now does all those calls, Tom Huff. Tom, if you're listening, you're a great guy. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Shout out to Tom. <laughs> Shout out to Tom. He's a great guy, experienced writer, also somebody who bought an energy cub before he ever worked with the company. Uh -huh. So he knows the bikes backwards and forwards. Okay. Well, that, that's cool. And I, I want to follow up on that because your background, Lawrence, is that you worked at Ducati and BMW. Right. You have, you have a, a pretty awesome background in, in bikes. Did you buy an Energica and then become an uh, employee there like many other people I've, I've now talked to from the company? What was your journey to get to Energica and, and why? Why are you here? So it's kind of strange. I'm probably the last person you would expect to ride an electric bike. I grew up, my dad was an oil worker who traveled all over the world. I grew up in the oil business. My first job out of college was Chevron. I worked as a roughneck a couple of times during the summer. And, you know, I'm sort of reflexively pro-petroleum and all that stuff. Okay. So I was going to Cal BMW. That's weird. I'm just going to yeah. put that out there. Yeah. It's just that it's a very, very foreign thing for my brain to accept at this point. But uh, I'm ready. Go ahead. Well, I mean, think about it. You know, Saul was persecuting Christians and then became, had an epiphany on the road to Damascus and became... See, this is really going to blow your mind. <laughs> and became Paul, you know, the foundation of the, <laughs> right. of the church, you know. And so, you know, conversions do happen. Your you name know? was Florence Kuykendall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you're Lawrence yeah, That's right, them <laughs> words. No, I mean, what literally happened was I was in the market. I'm a, I've been a BMW guy. I'd, I had a Multistrada. I'd sold it. And then I regretted it instantly. So I went into Calmoto. Shout out to Mike Mesner and Arlie Blackshear. And... You know, I was going to ride a GS, you know, and their GS was out at the moment on an extended test ride, as they do. So they said, well, we've got this new brand. They're called Energica. They didn't say Energica because they use, you know, they pronounce it Energica. Now I can't even do it. So anyway, so they say you should ride on this bike. And, you know, I'd ridden other electric bikes. Yep. And I'd not been impressed. Impossible you know, there were basically two-wheeled appliances from my perspective. Mm. 
And a dishwasher on wheels. No, that's not fair because a dishwasher on wheels at least has momentum going downhill. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. At any rate, I finally was talked into taking out an EVA 80. And I was going north on 280, and there are a lot of cops around there. It's not far from Palo Alto. So I said I should probably slow down. I'm probably doing at least 70. And I looked down, I was doing 110. Oh, my God. So I took it on one of my favorite roads near there. And I, and I was a little, I was kind of amazed. And then I took out an Ego. And in the end, I settled for the Eva because I knew it would be more comfortable for my wife to ride on the back. Fair and I already had two other sport bikes, so the last thing I needed was another sport bike. That's fair. That my wife could not ride on. That's fair. So she encouraged me to get it. She encouraged me to buy a lime green colored uh, Eva with a white frame. So I did, because if your wife says you're allowed to buy a motorcycle, you buy a motorcycle. You buy which one she tells you to buy. Well, you buy that, and then you sneak out, and you repaint it black or something. I but see. I never got around to I it. I see. Okay. <laughs> so I took out the Ego. I love the Ego, but it wasn't too up bike. The Eva was... So then I had just retired. I'd left Ducati shortly before, and I was sort of retired and not knowing what to do next and not really caring. And then Stefano, because he knew every customer, gave me a call, and he'd found out that I'd been the marketing director at Ducati. So he figured I knew what it was like to work for an Italian company and had gone through that trial by fire. And consequently, he called me. I'd started doing some freelance work for him. And uh, the first job I did for him was a photo shoot which we had two days to plan for and find writers for. And that was sort of the pattern of, you know, I was used to the pattern of, you know, having to do things within, you know, two days or three days and find a ride route and stuff and worked out really well, trial by fire again. So he hired me later that year, which was October of 2016. And I've been with the company ever, was it two, no, not 16, 18. 18. 18. Thank 18, you very okay. much. Thank okay. you. All right. Four years. Yeah, okay. I was working for a different, not so nice Italians uh, in 2016. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> we're, we're, a, we're a feisty bunch. There are a lot of, a lot of choices there yeah. for you to think of. You know? <laughs> yeah. I had to think of which question I wanted to ask or what comments I wanted to throw in They there. don't start with a vowel. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, that, that's cool history. You are, you're now leading up uh, marketing. It's, it's interesting in the, the pamphlet that you guys handed out. One of the quotes, so we're at a press event. Uh, I'm sorry, I should have probably led with that. We're at a press event here in the Dolomites where Energica was nice enough to bring a bunch of journalists here and have us ride around on a bluebird, sunny, gorgeous day in a place that sort of looks like Yosemite on steroids with more hairpin turns than I think in total I have ever ridden in my life. We just don't have a ton of them where I, where I live. So we did, uh, what, three and a half hours worth of riding today and a solid day. I rode three of your motorcycles and just had the greatest day of work I think I've ever had. So hands down. Um, and now I'm two beers in and interviewing you, which uh, that that's... I must be more than three beers in the equivalent thereof. So okay, fair enough. There we go. Fair enough. So you had this great quote in your press packet that you handed out today that says, "Energic has won. They're on top. It's as simple as that." Sam Baker. Sam Baker. Wonderful. New Zero Land. Shout out to Sam Baker. He'll be okay. here in two days. Well, okay, good. All the way from New Zealand. Perfect. Okay, we're doing a lot of shout-outs. To ride so. even for three, three hours. <laughs> that, that's a mensch. And Jen, too. So uh, okay. Yeah. Hopefully very, it doesn't rain. Very nice. Well, I, to, to Sam's credit, I, I want to say that simple is beautiful. And what he has said here, Energica has won. They're on top. It's as simple as that. I have to say I agree. I have ridden other electric motorcycles, other electric motorcycle brands. 
I'm incredibly impressed with the bikes. The technical capabilities, the, the handling, the suspension, the acceleration, the design, the gorgeousness, everything is, is pretty premium. So, as the marketing director, the, clearly you have some competitive advantages. I want to I ask you, like, okay, so you have these amazing bikes that the engineers have created, unbelievable stuff. What do you think, how do you use this competitive advantage to become the keystone player, to become the brand that everyone thinks of when they think of an electric motorcycle? And I say this because, you know, the whole, whole live wire fiasco that is kind of going on in the world, it's pretty wide open market at this point. You guys have just really started expanding across the United States. You're opening a lot of dealerships in the United States, which is awesome. It's a pretty early market. Yes. Early stage market. Embryonic. Embryonic. And I feel like there's a ton of growth potential in the United States and abroad and Europe and whatever. So you have this competitive advantage of having the best bikes on the market, in my opinion, hands down. What do you do with it? How do you take it? What's your plan? What's your marketing plan? Have you written a marketing plan? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, okay. I was don't always execute on them, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> marketing plan turns into a sales plan after a while. You Fair know. enough, yeah. So, I mean, it's a really good question, but it's also not an easy question. I mean, there's a lot in there. So, first of all, when you talk about technical developments and everything, it sort of developed from an organic perspective. So, we could only grow as quickly as we had the resources to do so, as we had the bikes to do so. And the real game changer last year was the initial involvement with Ideonomics, you know, their purchase of a 20% share in the company. We moved off the Italian stock exchange. They then purchased 70% of the company. And so it really means that the potentiality you're talking about is made possible by investment. That means more technical R&D, increasing production, and that means you can increase the number of dealers. And it's really critical for the U.S. So consider that if it's taking you 120 days to get bikes to the U.S., and in Europe, you know, the dealer network can start selling your bikes within two weeks of having received them, then the U.S. becomes a more difficult model to expand into. You need a, how would you say, a longer-term development just in terms of delivery, quite apart from any of the other aspects. So, Ideonomics makes it possible for us to increase the number of dealers because we can now establish a floor plan for the dealers, which for a big you know, franchise like the Japanese or whatever, you know, that's, it's understood. You have a financial arm. You're able to do all of that. As a small startup, we didn't have the capability until Ideonomics came on the scene. So that is probably the biggest game changer for us. But we, I think that we earned a reputation with the riders prior to that. And I'd say that was more word of mouth or viral in terms of what our customers were doing. So, you know, more shout-outs. Rick Flashman and Sabrina in Florida, you know, very early advocates for us. Vince in the Carolinas. You know, now we've got, you know, the whole Southern California Energica Riders Group who are doing things like riding cross-country. You know, Stephen Day riding cross-country and beating the electric cannonball. He's an owner. We didn't give him a bike. He rode his own bike. He bought a bike. You know, he, well, he didn't bike just to do that ride, right. but, you but know, he bought a bike. He bought a bike, and, and then he, he did it. And, then he and did you know, the, the extent of the help we provided is that we kept his bike for a while after he did his first cannonball run from east to west. We kept it for a couple of months so that he could pick up the bike and do another one 
going in the other direction, making records both ways. Nice. Another, Darren Sorensen, made a record 76 hours from San Diego to Jacksonville. And, you know, he did it with nothing but a backpack. Didn't even have a tank bag. I don't really want to live that kind of life, personally. Yeah, yeah me But, you know, kudos to him. And then a ride from San Francisco to San Diego called Bridge the Bays of a bunch of guys on all different brands. And uh, Gabriel De Santos wins by two hours because he's even smaller and skinnier than I am, hiding behind a little screen, I mentioned yeah, this, yeah, yeah. of an Ego uh, Plus RS with the new EMC motor. And he manages to eke 181 miles out of his first charge on I-5 going which is, south. Which is crazy because it's rated yeah. for 130 or so. Well, I mean, 130 kilometers, maybe. But, you know, the point is you can't go 50 miles an hour and live. So he, I don't know how he did it, you know, but he did. He did it. So the point is that the stories that resonate are the stories made by actual writers. Yeah. And the reason that we've been able to get through the whole COVID thing and the post-COVID thing, and especially even before Idionomics was able to kick in their assistance, is because of the writers and the word of mouth. Yeah. And the thing, you know... A marketing guy can do a, a better job if he talks to customers, but usually you do that in a venue where there are shows. Well, how many motorcycle shows were there and rallies during COVID? In the last couple of years now. So, right. So, talking to customers, you know, answering their questions about bikes actually was a great substitute. And they would, and the thing that Sam Baker wrote is what Sam Baker wrote when he bought his, his first bike. You know, he bought an Ego. And then after that, they bought two Eva Rebellis. So again, Sam Baker's another one who, you know, he was just a writer who bought a bike and, you know, he was turned on by it. That's amazing. I read the Eva Rebelli today for the first time. Yep. And that's I, my personal favorite, actually. Same. Yeah. As of today. The RS um, version, that's what you were writing. Oh, was it? Okay. Yes. I, I rode the, both of them, I yes. think. Both yeah. of the, the Rebellis. But I had only rode the SS9 prior. Right. Uh, in the, on the New York trip, yep. and that I love that one. I love a good classic design, upright riding style. But today on these hairpin turns, I I will bleep this out later. Holy shit! That's all. <laughs> all I well, can I'm, say. I'm glad you're doing editing. That works in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, hairpin turn after hairpin turn yep. here in the Dolomites, yep. and when you come out of a hairpin turn and you gun it to get to the next one, you can get up to. 100 kilometers an hour, just like that. Yes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The, the handling is incredible. But you're here to talk about the Xperia, which, okay. is, which is your new bike, freshly launched. Also got a chance to ride that one today. Loved it. Thought it was fantastic. Good. Please um, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> it's a solid, strong bike that you feel the center of gravity to be... It's a touring bike, but you feel the center of gravity is so low, you can really lean into some turns, which is amazing. You don't, I don't necessarily think I expected that from a touring bike. Right. So I, I, it's beautiful. If there's anything you'd like to say about this touring bike, I would be wide open to hearing it. But the idea of, you, you mentioned in the, uh, in the, uh, the talk earlier, that this is a segment that is huge in terms of motorcycles. People love long-distance riding. And this, I believe, is the coolest, nicest, most well-designed electric, all-electric touring bike that I've ever heard of. So what is your thoughts with regard to any year, what you're looking at in terms of sales, in terms of the marketing plan for the Xperia? So that's a really interesting question because 
you know, a lot of our customers to date have been kind of speed demons. Yes. So now we're talking about a different demographic. I mean, you guys grew up right. as a motorcycle racing right. startup, right? So I think on the Xperia, I mean, we certainly expect to sort of broaden the market, if you will, and the audience. But at the same time, we're seeing that half of our pre-sales are coming from people who have our existing bikes. Interesting. And so I think some of them will sell and convert, and some of them will keep. Interesting. And and uh, supplement, if you will. Yeah. And so I, I find this to be very interesting. I think the thing about the Xperia that was a real challenge from a technical perspective is how do you add a fairing that is a wind trap that has certainly more resistance than uh, you know, a typical sport bike fairing and still get equal or more range out of it. And at the same time, you want it to be nimble and you don't want to add a bunch of weight. Yep. So the thing that I think surprised you, as you described before, is that you had a bike that weighed no more than our current bikes. So nimble. Has a fairing, which gives you riding protection and also more upright riding position. Yep. So that really positions you well to look into turns and to have a comfortable riding position even in those hairpin turns comfortable hands no like loss of feeling in the hands at but, all so many bikes you're leaning forward but actually then. more nimble than our existing bikes interesting at the same time you reduce some of the power delivery at least on paper in order to achieve that range even with a larger fairing giving you all that comfort and protection mm. so it's sort of a conundrum which is even more important to solve when you talk about electric because you can't just put a gigantic motor on it and power through the you know the the drag that you get with a larger fairing. So in terms of sales and in terms of expectations the touring segment is is large in the US but the sport touring and the enduro segments are smaller than they are in Europe. And this is not a luxury touring bike, it's a sport touring bike. Mm. So I think that because we're, you know, in the electric frame, we're not, you know, we're not looking for, you know, thousands and thousands of thousands of sales. But from our perspective, we think that this bike will probably end up being a third or a half of our sales over the longer term. Interesting. And the reason is it's well suited for the long distance market, mm -hmm. which is a big thing in the US. Yep. And as far as Europe concerned, it plays into the largest single segment in Europe, yeah. which is, you know, what they call the crossover, which we call dual sport. And I think that so there's a worldwide opportunity for this bike. And to give you an example, the ego sells better in the US in comparison to Europe. Because you have so many, uh, so many of the purchases in Europe are for commuters and for practical purchases, a lot of urban riding. So the SS9 yeah. tends to be the top seller in Europe. Again, bike. it'll depend on the year and on the month and the season. And we see that bike as, we see that some of our SS9 customers are probably are switching, more likely to switch over to the Xperia than say an Ego customer. Mm. On the other hand, one of our Ego customers did just that. He put a deposit down on the Xperia. I suspect he'll keep both. It would be fun to have both, I would say. Well, you know, one of the, one of the uh, I think it was the Norwegian journalist, was telling me that, you know, U.S. riders were far more prone to own multiple bikes. <laughs> yeah. And for that matter, multiple cars, <laughs> you know. So yeah. we're in a situation where we like to, you know, we're materialists in the USA, yeah. you know. Yeah. But in Europe, it's more likely to be a single bike household or a single bike person. Sure. So they're... So I think in the U.S. it probably has more potential 
in okay. that respect. Uh, it makes total sense uh, because I'm I'm feeling the pull to become a multiple bike owner, and and I and I get it. So I guess my my last real and and this is the hardball question. Oh dear. I I hope I've prepped you for <clears throat> this now because these have been a lot of softball questions so far. No. What no. flavor of gin do I prefer? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I hate we, it when people ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> Will you guys? How committed are you to this thing? Will you guys? store a bicycle for me here in Europe so that I can come over and tour around Europe on an Xperia every summer for the rest of my life. I strongly recommend that you just buy a house in Italy. Uh, it's not that expensive, you know what I mean? And I'm sure that the real estate in Hawaii will more than pay, I mean, you could probably buy, well, you know, one in Austria and one in Italy, you know. Fair. You know, I don't know. I think that you should use your money to just buy more motorcycles, you know. Spoken like a true director of marketing. And, uh, you know, you can always take a bicycle apart and put it in a big suitcase. Not a big deal, you know. Lawrence, thank you so much for being on Clean Tech Talk. Anything else you would like to leave our listeners and readers with? Uh, if he leaves the first part of this interview in, we're never going to talk to him again or invite him for another ride. <laughs> Lawrence Kuykendall, director of marketing for Energica Motorcycles. Thank you so much for being on Clean Tech thank Talk. Thank you for the opportunity. It's very kind of you. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Walk, 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 walk,